If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about money, how to grow it, save it, spend it, how to make the most of what you work your whole life for, and how to make sure that money, you know, really is, the, is a means to the end, but not the end. You know, I've had a lot of amazing guests on the show in the past, and one of the things that the Money Matters community seems to really enjoy is the stories of people who have managed to build their own successful businesses, especially in the branding world, where today everything on the internet is just going really fast. And it's important to think about how you're going to build your business and find a presence in a world where everybody is yelling, look at me. So I've asked a great new friend of mine who runs a company called Raya on Assignment, Saraya Al-Hashmi, to be with us today and talk a little bit about the business of branding. She's built a successful photography company working on branding called Raya on Assignment, which is in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And she works with different companies around managing their brands. Now, one of the things I think is really interesting is I met Raya about six months ago when her and I were doing a um, speech at the Empower Workshop in Portsmouth. And I just found her really interesting. So I started kind of following her on Facebook. And what I'll say to you is I can be a little bit of a stalker where I start looking at what people are doing because, you know, as kind of like this middle-aged woman kind of getting into the social media thing a little late, I'm always impressed by people who kind of get it. Like they know how to draw people in and they know how to do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like they're screaming at you, buy me, buy me, buy me. You're just kind of interested in however they're presenting themselves. Uh, after a while, I had Rhea join uh, New Day Solutions and come in and do a new photo shoot for our firm, upgrading some of our, you know, very dated, very boring financial advisor kind of, you know, industry pictures to kind of change the way that our firm represents ourselves to the world. And so I thought I would have her on the show too, to talk a little bit about how people think about building their business, how she built her own business, what kind of tips you might have for people starting out, how you choose what it is that you actually really want to do with your life versus, you know, what other people think you should be doing with your life. And then of course, to top it all off, she's like one of those people that figures out how to be debt-free and live a great life financially without being over the borders. So I'm sure she's got some tips for us on that. And we'll talk about all of that in our show today. So I'm hoping that you love this interview as much as I do. And we will be back right after the break. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team 
who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Hey, listen, thanks for listening for my shameless plug. I also wanted to let you know that we've launched a new Facebook page under KT's Money Matters. This is a great place for you to put feedback about the show, or if you're interested in an idea or a topic, or you just want to join our community, you can come on out and check us out on Facebook under KT's Money Matters. So now we're back to Rhea. Rhea, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on my podcast. Katie, thank you so much for that intro and for having me. I'm so honored to be here and to share with you and your listeners. Now, I got to admit, I love your story. The idea that you started your own company at 25 years old. I remember when you and I were talking about how you decided to become a photographer and, you know, how there was so much of a push to go kind of like the, you know, traditional business, college kind of track, and you made a decision early on that you were going to follow that tech art school focus versus the professional focus. So talk a little bit about how you chose that so early. Did you know your whole life that that's the way you were going to think about developing professionally? I think, you know, yeah, when I was finished with middle school and like just didn't have an amazing experience, I think that's such a hard time in general, but I was, um, I was faced with this decision whether or not I was going to go the traditional track and go to the, the regular public high school or if I was going to go to this very new, had just started one year in technology and art-based high school. So that was probably the first you know, time looking back that I took this risk, the, um, the less uh, traditional path and definitely the path where people were uh, nervous for me to take, but I knew there would always be that traditional path I could jump onto if this one didn't work, but it was worth giving it a shot. It was the best decision for me um, going to a high school that helped us with um, discovering our innate talents, our zones of genius, really sharing that being book smart was you know, not the one way to succeed in the world, that by discovering um, and being able to maximize what it is that we loved and we were passionate about, that that was just enough of a way to make it through life and really enjoy it. Um, and then I, I went on to go to a pretty traditional um, in-state college and study journalism, which again was another choice of um, maybe this wasn't the most secure career path, studying journalism, especially with um, watching how the field was shifting so much, but it wasn't was I trying to do something that was very secure or was I wanting to spend four years studying something that I really enjoyed? And I knew from my experience of the high school, like that was the path I wanted to go, studying something I enjoyed for the next four years. And it, again, uh, was the best decision for me. You know, it's funny because that just explains so much about what happened in the photo shoot that just made me think about your work as so unique and special is that you know, this idea of photojournalism, the telling the story through the picture. Like when we were looking at the pictures in my office after the photo shoot, we were like, you could see the story of us in them. Mm, and, I love and that's that. like the convers, you know, that's a com that's a combination of the picture, but also what it is you're trying to say in the picture. And I think you do that in such a unique way. I'd like you to talk about when you think about like branding and photography and the presence of companies in the community, maybe some tips about how people approach that or how you approach that and how they might approach it. It's definitely um, thinking about 
how do you want your viewer that's that's viewing your your website or your social media account on their phone um, or on their computer? How do you want them to feel like they're going to feel for the experience that they're going to be having? It's a first touch point. There's a uh, many other people in every industry, so it's really figuring out how to um, leverage the individuality of the people who are there, the space, the services that you offer, who you guys are. It's not hard to stand out in your industry if you're just being authentic to who you are, because just by nature, you are different than everyone else. So rather than playing smaller, playing in the role of how one should be in their industry, just playing into who you are as a person, um, as like the first and foremost part, and then showing what you do secondary is how you're going to connect and stand out and draw people in. Nice. You know, it's funny because I had been talking with you and I knew that we were going to do this and I spent some time kind of trolling other financial advisor sites, looking at what they're currently doing. I feel like we have a unique proposition, but when I look at my website and it's really beautiful, don't get me wrong, but it kind of feels like I look at our shots. We kind of look like all the same people. In fact, you know, I was joking with you and I said, And all the middle-aged women that look just like me that run these sites, we're all dressed the same, our hair's all the same, and we all have a dog in the office. And I thought, how did this happen? I thought I was so unique. Like, I just look like everybody else. And so you were saying, you know, to try to take it a little deeper, to think about, you know, what really brings the joy and try to, you know, try to transfer that in the photographs so that people can see not just what you look like, but truly who you are. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And share your excitement and your passion about what it is you do, because that's really what people want to be around and, and what makes someone want to walk into your office um, versus another one that does the same type of work. It's, oh man, that person looks like they're really living in their zone of genius and they're really doing what they love. And I want to be around that. Nice. So now you had an interesting upbringing. You were born on the West Coast and then you moved to the Middle East and London. Uh, rather than England. And then you came back to the seacoast of New Hampshire and called it home. What made you pick the seacoast? Well, all of this happened before the age of eight. So none of those decisions were, you know, something I played into. Um, So the seacoast was because my mom had some family here. So we ended up moving back here. And I'm so, so thankful. Like um, now I don't have any family that lives here, but I've chosen like, this is so where I feel so much at home and feel so supported and connected and loved. And um, so, yeah, growing up and living on three different continents before the age of eight years old, so played into the way I view life and and why I study journalism and how I approach my work. I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, But I I always say within interesting upbringings, there's always as much um, hardship, I think, that comes along with the positive. So. I talk a little bit about that on, on my social media accounts and, and really just try to break down some of those, um, you know, barriers and really tap into some vulnerability. Um, cause that is also what connects my clients to me, even though, uh, it may have nothing to do on the surface of my branding sessions and what I offer. Um, but I love, yeah, I love living on the seacoast. I've been here now since the age of eight and, um, definitely don't see myself moving away anytime soon. So now one of the things you talk about is removing the layers, you know, that that really get in the way of you living an authentic life. And, mm. you know, you live a very authentic life in 
the way that you've decided to to decide what matters the most and how you pay attention to that. But can you talk a little bit about the process of removing those layers and how you get to that place for yourself or, you know, your journey? Totally. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm so fascinated and curious by this because I feel like I'm I'm so in it right now. Um, I'm 20, 28 years old. So I think, you know, probably from the time of about eight years old, it's, it's always been, what do I need? What do I need to add on um, to be whole, to be worthy? Um, I think a lot of us experience this as humans, like um, adding on things and identities. And, and it's really, it hasn't been until until kind of when I started my company, there was a lot of shifting going on for me. And it's, it really turned on this light of, oh, it's not adding, it's taking away. It's taking away all of the things I've been adding for the past 10 years. I, I get it now. Thinking back to college, there was, I was living a very inauthentic me, um, but a lot of us are at that time. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's how we connect and nothing wrong with that. But it does dim our light in a lot of ways, even, you know, since I'm so photo focused, looking back at photos of me during that time, you know, you, I see a light that is, is missing and a dimness um, and a smile, but it's not real. And I love being able to kind of call my clients out on that too. Like, give me a smile. No, a real smile. Yes. Um, <laughs> it started, I think, a lot of the shifting for me when I started my company because you got to get so real and so specific and so honest about what it is you want and what it is you need. And for anything that doesn't fall under those categories, you have to take away. Um, if you want to make your company work, I think especially if you are your business, um, I believe that so so much that if you want to, to reach um, heights of success, you really can't be playing in both worlds. You have to kind of commit to moving forward in a way that feels authentic and real to you. So for me, I was, I was, I was heavily into drinking and drug use and um, just a lot of other things that weren't contributing to my best self. And it was when I started to remove those things that I was able to like really start to understand the direction that I wanted my life to go. And I know that that was possible. Um, there was definitely a time when I just felt like, you know, working at this hotel, um, living paycheck to paycheck was like the kind of the best it was going to be. And, um, that's sad. Yeah, sad, but like true, like so true. I really was like just kind of thankful that at least I was just there. At least I'd gotten to that point. Because <laughs> a lot of my life, it was hard. It was hard growing up for me, I think. And, you know, a lot of mental issues, a lot of depression, a lot of um, anxiety. So for me to just get to a point of like somewhat stability, even though looking back, it didn't, <laughs> it wasn't very stable. It felt more stable than I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like, okay, at least I'm here. And that's good enough. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I had some mentors in my life and did some work that I realized, oh no, like this is definitely not the best it can be. Right. This and is a good start. Now I'm here. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. So let me ask you, what do you wish you would have known before you started your business? Definitely a lot more about business. Like I went to school for, <laughs> I went to school for journalism because I was so unattracted to the business world. Right. Um, I did a lot of work in hospitality throughout high school and I saw the way that the business world works and um, just was like turned off by, you know, the idea of wanting to try to cut down on the customer experience without them knowing it to make more money. And I just was so unattracted to that. I wanted to do something that was raw and real and had nothing to do with money. 
And then here I am ready to start my own business that has everything to do with, with money, truly. Um, I knew I was going to be starting from the bottom and trying to figure it out. And I worked through it and I probably didn't do it the easiest way. So um, probably having a little bit more, like just knowledge around that um, would have made that whole thing a little bit easier. You know, that's a, that's a great point. You know, I, I remember reading this book a long time ago called The E-Myth Revisited. And I talk about it a little bit on the show because I just think it's just such a great book for self-employed people. And uh, it was written by Michael Gerber. But basically what he talks about is how people can be very, very good at what they do, right? Incredibly talented at what they do, but then not always know how to apply that to business just because they're, you know, a great fill in the blank doesn't mean they could be great at running a business doing fill in the blank. And that there has to be some way that you start to get your mindset around how you're going to run your business and and what you're going to do. And I know that you've done a lot of work on this. And one of the things you've done is you've made your life financially just really reasonable so that you can afford to take the chances and the risks around your business. Can you talk a little bit about how you set yourself up, like your mindset for business and, and what you do in your personal life to support it? Totally. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that. I One of my favorite types of people to work with, uh, and when I say work with, I really mean just like my, when I'm speaking on social media is to those, a lot of like artists or creative fields where they go into it because they love it, but then they kind of like just sabotage themselves or they're, you know, they're not willing to do the work to help them with the conversations around money and worth and what they are worth um, and what their services are, are worth. And so they're not able to do what it is that they love. So I love empowering people in that way of saying, you know, I'm a photographer, but that's only like a very small percentage of what I do. I run a business and um, helping people with the blocks around valuing the work that they're doing. So I just wanted to mention that. And yeah, for me, when I started out, it was so important for me to, to, to pay off my student loans and to be debt-free as much as possible because I was like not sure if, you know, where my next um, assignment was going to come from. So I really had this idea of like, as soon as I can become debt-free, at least I won't have to worry about that. Um, I'll just have to worry about a few other things. Um, like food. Yeah, totally. Rent, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I just as a side note, like for people who come to me and they're, you know, thinking about going out, starting their own company, um, especially if they're young, I'm like, your life is not going to get any less complicated. Like you're never going to have less things to pay for. So give it your all right now and, and, and see if it will work. Because when you're 45 and like, potentially have like a mortgage and kids or divorce or like whatever, all of these other layers, it's, there's going to be more. It's going to be too late. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) Um, So I love working with like young and um, creative people who um, I I just show them like it's possible. Yeah. So like I, I started my company, I I think at $35,000 in, in, in student loans. And um, so I didn't have like, a pen to paper, like really specific way I was going to approach how to pay them off. I just knew like that was important to me. That became a priority. And so other things didn't like getting coffee when I'd go to meet my friends. Like I don't need to get coffee. It would be nice, but no, I can just get water. And just being so specific and asking myself for any purchase, is this contributing to my business and for me to be moving forward in it? And if the answer was no, 
I just would, I would live without it. Um, and so it took some radical shifts. It took saying a lot of no's to a lot of things. It took not going out with friends for a whole year and, and, and hoping that those people would still be there. But, um, and also explaining to them, like, right now I can't afford to go to the beach and take a day off. Like I, I'm moving my business forward because this right. is so important for me. You know, maybe like every month I would open up my student loans and I'd look at my bank account and then I'd figure out, I, I did have somewhat of a strategy. I'd see what were the highest um, interest loans and I would tackle those first. And for me, I'm kind of an all or nothing person. So I love to pay off the entire student loan at a time. There was probably like 12 of them. So right. see what are the highest interest <laughs> ones <laughs> and then tackle those first. And then if it was like $3,000, I wouldn't just pay like 200 a week. I would like wait till I had that and then I would pay it. And I just kept that goal in mind of, and also wanting to share that success. I kept, what would that feel like to be able to say to my mom and say to my dad, who were both like really concerned that I was ever going to make anything of this, you know, <laughs> be able to say like, because for me, I don't, I don't want to buy a house. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. Like at least right now, my foreseeable future, those were never something I wanted, but those are all things that family members can gauge for someone doing well in life. That's right. So because the, of, right? the, 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 uh, the, the hurdles that you go, oh, yes. she did this, and then she did this. Right. She must yeah. be doing well. But she must be doing well. <laughs> right. Because those were never, you know, wants of mine in the beginning, I had at least, you know, me being able to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I finally paid off my student loans by doing something I love. Yes. That was so important to me to be able to do. And I, I eventually, I did it. I think I was two years into my company. And so that felt amazing. It was so yeah, good. Yeah, sounds and also, amazing. Yeah. Um, there was just less writing on the line, I guess, of me needing to make this work. So then, you know, you and I both know a lot of people who give up on their own dreams. I mean, it's sad. I think people don't really understand just how much they're going to have to put their head down to really make something work. But why do you think most people give up on their dreams? I think I owe a lot of my stubbornness to my success. And it wasn't until recently that I've, I've tried to look at what are my quote unquote negative qualities and how have those actually contributed to me being where I am and my black and white sort of thinking and my perfectionism and all the things that can sometimes lead to like my demise or like areas in my life that have brought me to my lowest of lows also were like huge fuel to get me to, to having a not another way. Like That's this right. was my choice and it was going to work. Um, even if it looked like using all my credit cards at some point, just to be able to make it and one more month to help push my business forward. Um, so like on paper, the way I started my company probably was not great. You would probably cringe, <laughs> but, but it also like, with enough exposure, with enough time, with enough push, with enough giving up everything, um, I was able to get there. Because I do, I look at some of my friends who are in the creative field and they've tried. And then I also, I see them go out and, you know, they're spending their weekends at the bars and whatever. And that, that's cool. That's their choice. But for me, I'm, I, I can't help but think like, how bad do you actually want it? Because you're not showing me you want it. Yeah, bad not enough. bad enough. Yeah. You really have to give up literally everything and be okay with having no job title, no paycheck, you know, no security, maybe, you know, no partner, no friends, and just laying there on, in your bed crying and, <laughs> and asking, am I, this I sounds very being? glamorous. I can't <laughs> that was <wait>. me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> yeah. 
it's giving up literally everything because that's where that's when you can start like right you know you got to break if you want to to start something new right i always say you know when i started my business i had been uh recently through you know an ugly divorce you know i got married very young and divorced you know fairly young too but i can remember starting in financial services where you know in the financial services industry you get paid to manage clients and assets. And in year one, you have neither of either go, right? So it's like, Mm. you're working all the time. You're way outside of your comfort zone all the time. And you start to build a business like one client at a time. But you would see these very talented people that you think would be so great. They had all the skills. They were going to be great advisors and they would just leave and they would Mm. leave in droves. In fact, you know, like seven out of 10 would not make Mm. it. And that was because there was always a plan B. They always had something else in case this didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I can remember people had pictures in their cubicles of uh, cars that they were going to lease or buy when they were successful or whatever. And I can remember my manager saying to me, you know, well, what are you going to do that you're going to focus on so that you, you know, you can achieve something that you feel good about? And I said, I go, you actually don't understand. <laughs> I have actually a lot of bills that need to be paid. So I don't really have a choice. I actually really need to be successful here. There is no plan B. Mm. And so for me, the goal, the, you know, the key for my success was there was no plan B. There was no what happens if this doesn't work out. I just kept working like it was going to work out. Mm. And I can remember that first Christmas, I got a check for like $3.45. I talk about this all the time. Two days before Christmas, it was supposed to be like $900. And this is like the 90s. So it was a long time ago. But um, I was supposed to pay my rent. I had all these things to do with it. It was $3.45 because all of your licenses renewed in January. So the uh, firm basically charges the cost of all of your licenses and pushes it through. So this check I thought I was going to get was $3.45. And people said to me, you should have kept it and framed it. And I said, are you kidding? I was so poor, I cashed it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, listen, I was I so poor. I needed that. Yeah. And um, so, you know, but I was committed. This was going to work. And I was just going to work as hard as it as, as hard as it took to make it work. And I think that people look at, especially like successful and established professionals and entrepreneurs, and they say, you know, wow, this person's really successful. I mean, how did they get there? But, you know, the thing I know is I've never met anybody that built a business like mine that didn't have that mindset that says, you know, there is no plan B. Yeah. I'll just so, work, so I'll work true. hard. But things kind of just show up. Like truly, I believe that too. Like there's moments that I had no, literally no idea how I was going to make my rent. And something in the last minute came through. Would kind of just happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember going to this presentation. This was a really long time ago. Nick Murray, who is like famous in the financial industry for his kind of like talks. And he used to run a practice and he gets paid to speak to financial professionals. Used to talk about firing. Um, firing your worst client every year. Because I think, you know, Mm -hmm. financial advisors gathering assets and money, think about every client is a client that has to stay, especially the big clients, even if they kind of don't like them. And so he would say, you know, there's only so much room. He used to say, there's only so much room in the, there are only so many staterooms in the yacht. You need to decide who goes in each room. And if somebody is truly making you miserable, you need to wish them well and put them in a dinghy. You need to send them a letter tell them to find somebody else and move on with your life and put somebody good there. Because the person who's bad, who's kind of like, you know, 
clipping at your heels all the time, making your life miserable, you start thinking everybody feels that way. And so in business, one of the things I've gotten really good at is choosing, right? But, you know, 25 years ago, I, I, anybody that came, I was taking, I was like, I was open for all comers, you know, and now it's like, I choose more about who I want to work with and the kind of work I want to do and what interests me and um, what I think my strengths are so that it plays to my strengths. And I try to stay away from things that I know are not, you know, truly where my passion is because I just do a much better job where my passion aligns. But in the beginning, you feel like you have to pay your rent no matter what. You kind of have yeah. to take a lot of crummy jobs to get there. And that that's okay. Part of that is, yeah. um, you know, is finding your way. But at some point, you know, you've developed this lovely niche in the way that you work on this corporate imaging with people. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you ultimately transitioned from, I'll bring my camera and I'll work anywhere in order to pay my rent to how do I find that niche and how do I develop that? Because I think that's like the next step for a lot of people that they really just don't know how to make that next shift. Yeah, you're right. I was shooting weddings, families, newborns, the whole, and that was essential for me to understand what it was that brought clients um, well with us. We get energized by it rather than depleted by it. That's why I can work maybe a 14 hour day and come home and be like, that was amazing. I don't need to go on a couch and like drink beer and like try to soothe myself because of how awful it was. Um, so it was really checking in with myself after every shoot and just asking, did that energize me or did that like deplete? How do I feel after shoot that shoot? And um, that was huge in understanding which direction I was um, meant to be going in. And also look and say, oh yeah, there was there was a reason why I studied journalism. I'm attracted to storytelling. I love working with entrepreneurs because I am one of them. So really just understanding like what does my past have to do with my future moves and um, and who did I need, like who do I need right now and who did I a few years ago being that person um, to the wings into the family shoots to make room for the work I wanted to do and trusting that I was going to feel that. Knowing when is the time that you keep your feet in both worlds and then when do you need to just leap and trust that you're now making room for more of what it is you want to do and then becoming known for that and then not needing to go after clients but having them come after you because you are that person in that field that does just that and people find such comfort and security in knowing oh yeah go with her she only does that type of work she's an expert in that field that's right that's, yeah that's the place you want to live Absolutely. So listen, I always give all my guests a chance to uh, shamelessly plug how they might reach you, what kind of services that you might do. So what I'd like to ask you is if people wanted to reach out about the various things that you do, first, how would they find you? And then what do you consider to be the niches that would be interesting to people that might be listening? Thanks for that opportunity. Yes. So my website is Raya on assignment, R-A-Y-A on assignment.com. That's where you can get a sense of my office in business and personal branding. So that means I go into companies and spend maybe half a day and just really document what is the culture there. Um, I shoot headshots. I shoot kind of like services and products and environment and really just like the whole story of that place. And if you're an entrepreneur, you are maybe an online-based business, 
I might come to your home and we can kind of do the same sort of work there. Um, really just getting imagery to help share what it is you offer in the best way. Um, and then I share a lot about that over on my Instagram. Um, also, Rhea on assignment. Um, and that's where I have a lot of behind the scenes and you can see um, kind of my life with my partner who's a videographer and um, some other of my interests. So those are great places to find me. Nice. And we'll, you know, we'll make sure we capture all that in the show notes as well for listeners who didn't have a chance to uh, click on it. And then, um, so any final tips that you'd like to share with the group? Oh my gosh. Just, um, yeah, just remembering that you are perfect exactly where you are right now. And um, everything that you've experienced was absolutely for a reason. And that I am a great resource and a safe person to reach out to. Um, if, if you need to talk more. Nice. Rhea, this was great. I really this appreciate such you a taking pleasure. time. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Okay. So listen, guys, if you want to see some of her work, you can go right to Rhea on assignment on Instagram and take a look at some of her pictures or soon enough on New Day Solutions, I'm going to have some of her, her work up. You can always check out my site as well. Remember that we're looking for questions and topics of interest that you might have, and you can either do that by going to ktsmoneymatters.com or liking us on Facebook and leaving a little comment there to tell us what you might be interested in hearing more about in the future. So I appreciate you all tuning in today. And so until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>